Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're in for an exceptional conversation tonight. From the other side of the planet, Australia, we have Peter Smith as our guest tonight, and the topic is quantum consciousness. We've had quantum conversations on the show many times, but I'm thinking this one's going to be different in some very uh, enjoyable ways, so I'm so glad you chose to join us. You know, with this pandemic crap that's going on across the the globe and everybody's wringing their hands and fretting about tomorrow, you know, to to put things in perspective, um, religion has existed for thousands of years and yet the human condition sucks. Education has existed for thousands of years, millions of graduates, PhDs, we consider ourselves learned and scholared, and yet the condition of humanity sucks. In other words, there's suffering, there's war, there's deceit, there's exploitation, blah, blah, blah. Meditation has existed for eons of time, and yet our paradigm sucks. Yoga, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what I'm getting at here is, uh, I think humanity is being called to have a, a, a fundamental change in perspective, a fundamental change in, in our narrative, in our belief system, and uh, perhaps the holy grail is this quantum uh, conversation, this quantum um, mirror, this quantum field that has come into our consciousness recently. You know, the the notion of electricity, the principles of electricity ex- existed for a very long period of time, but you can't really point at electricity and say, well, there it is. Let's, let's start tinkering with that. It's an etherical thing. And although everything we see is a product of the quantum field, we don't really see the mechanics of the quantum going on with our 3D eyes. We see objects, we see space, and we experience time. But there's an etherical aspect to, quote, reality, unquote, that I think affords us a whole new realm, whole new realm of personal power, a whole new realm of what a single human persona could be considered um, um, empowered to do. And and the people that get it first um, are people who understand the notion of what the quantum field is and then learn how to fulcrum or, or put effect um, to bring effect using their consciousness as an interaction with this quantum field. And and so just like electricity, you can't see it, but look what we've done with it over the, the past hundred years or so. 
this 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 quantum mechanics, if you will, when the human persona understands themselves as source consciousness, the thing itself, the elixir of creation itself, and it has the ability to interact with the quantum field, I think we're going to have to scratch the mythology of the notion of being a mystic or magician or an alchemist and really amp those up by a factor of a few thousand or more as far as what can happen with a single human persona as it relates to the power of creation through the quantum. But I, I, I want you, the reason I'm saying this is I want to get you excited as a listener because Peter brings it. He, he's been... Um, we need to get to the conversation. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right to it. Um, we're gonna discuss how you can deepen your understanding of quantum physics and expanded states of awareness with quantum consciousness. That's the name of Peter's book, an enlightening guide that helps you pull science and spirituality closer together. This fascinating book invites you to tour alternate realities, parallel lives, interdimensional consciousness, the eternal state, and even the very fabric of the universe. Specially emphasized are four aspects of quantum consciousness, the creator effect, entanglement, everywhereness, and holographic healing. You'll also find a detailed exploration of the various realms of consciousness, including stored consciousness, alternate consciousness, parallel consciousness, and interdimensional consciousness. Peter Smith, the former president of the Newton Institute, guides you on a journey of life-changing discoveries encouraging you to tap into the human form's amazing potential, that's it right there, and quantum consciousness. You can move past your current mindset limitations and awaken to a greater purpose for yourself and for all of humanity. There's two websites I want to give you, and then we're going to get right to it. quantumconsciousness.com.au that's quantumconsciousness.com.au. And the other one is instituteforquantumconsciousness.com. Instituteforquantumconsciousness.com. And join me now in welcoming Peter to, to the show. Peter, we're actually on the air now. Welcome to the show. Hello, Liz. It's great to be here. You know, um, when I was looking at your book, I mean, it, some of it showed up in, in the introduction, stored consciousness, parallel consciousness, interdimensional consciousness. You've been noodling this quantum consciousness idea for a while. When did you first uh, become interested in the notion of, of the quantum? Well, you know, Les, 20 years or so ago, you know, I was trained originally as a hypnotherapist and my clients were having all sorts of incredible out-of-body type experiences and, you know, I, I saw it more as rather a trance state 
I started to see my clients as more of a doorway that could be explored. And once we open that doorway, and ultimately under my own facilitation that, you know, I did my best just to get out of the way and let them surf the greater consciousness of who they are, we started to have incredible adventures. So, you know, I had to let go of this idea of being a hypnotherapist and start to become a consciousness explorer through these people that were coming to me. Right. So now uh, part of what you're talking about, I, I mean, uh, I think some of this relates to past life experience. Don't you have uh, yeah. experience with uh, Michael Newton's material? Yeah, Michael, um, Michael and I worked together for around 10 years and I was president of his institute for about a decade and I'm still on the board now and I hold the role as the director of the Newton Legacy. And that puts me in, you know, in a place where I can help to maintain the integrity and the credibility of his work and as it starts to expand further out through the world. So that's something that I'm really passionate about because Michael gave us an incredible gift, Les. He showed us that we are multidimensional. And when he started the Life Between Lives movement, that was about people understanding where they go between their incarnations. and. You know, we start to take clients into that space and, you know, they start in their own space that they're in now. They go through uh, an age regression process. We set them free to explore the lineage of their soul, which includes the past life work you mentioned. And then we take them home to spirit. Now, in the space of a few hours, they're in all of those places at once. And there's no greater example of our multidimensional capabilities than one of those sessions. And that's what got me thinking and everything I then started to look at with quantum physics and I might say that Michael Newton was a great fan of quantum physics also and he guided and steered me in the early part of all of this research you know we found that everything you start to pull out of quantum physics seems to confirm spirituality and not necessarily put it to the side it's like it becomes one cohesive train of thought about our limitless capabilities as humans and all we need to do is to find the right way for us to get out of the way to explore and then the universe is ours to uh, find any of the wisdom that we seek. I like that. So I, I, it, seems, it seems like there's, there's two, um, two ways we could approach um, this conversation. The, the etherical realm of past lives, of, of the uh, oversoul, of uh, the, kind of the, the non-physical or the etherical realm of consciousness as it relates to the quantum. And then there's the, um, here, here I am in this lifetime, in this body, and I'm looking at this karmic tsunami that's going on and my heart has compassion for humanity, how can I use the quantum in this lifetime as, a, as an ally, as a fulcrum, if you will, to help the compassion of my heart have influence towards the collective? And yeah. how, does, how do the two interrelate? Because I would imagine if you're going through lifetimes and you're, you're observing... Um, all these different paradigms, if you will, you start to get a, a more dynamic view of what's possible through through the human persona? Yeah, yeah 
absolutely that's a great question les and you know for for my mind this multi-dimensional presence of who we are gives us incredible opportunities in these times and first and foremost we are courageous souls who have incarnated on this planet now i'm, I'm going to sort of get a little loose here on time and space because you know even einstein told us that time is an illusion and i've seen it speed up and slow down and do all sorts of weird things over the years you know um you get lost in a sort of an expanded state and all of a sudden an hour drifts away and you don't know where it is other times time seems to go slowly you know when you might visit the family members that you don't want to see or something like that <laughs> so you know at the at the if we start at the top and, and work our way back into the more physical realms we are, we are souls here to have a human experience and we have a universe full of possibilities and this is one of many planets and you know NASA and, and organizations like that have been telling us for decades that there's a billion stars out there and we're not the only ones we can't be it's just not right and the UFO uh, almost industry now if you like has been validating that type of information for a long time so let's just say that where the universe is limitless and within us is a beautiful eternal remarkable soul that has the courage to be here now the reason the soul is here is to evolve is to remember its magnificence while in human form that's something that i strongly believe in so our souls learn the most we know when they are tested at the moment just about every soul on this planet is being tested to see how we respond and how we respond is under our free will and that helps us to you know move forward developing that soul uh, under that free will and how we respond so at the moment in this in this moment our souls are evolving and then if we move more into the quantum and if I look at that and I look at some of the principles that we'll get to in a little while every quantum physicist will tell you on the back of the observer effect that we have an impact on the creation of the environments around us um, Bruce Lipton will tell you this as well all of these people talking about how our belief systems how we view the world how we observe the world and the universe itself creates the reality in which we're in now we have an opportunity here at both the individual level and at the group level to create a new earth now the new earth isn't something that you're going to look out your window and suddenly see one day I feel that the new earth is something that emerges from within each of us and as it comes out from each of us and we understand our divine magnificence that we carry within we're going to project that outwards as our creator effect and we're going to change the world around us and when all of our different perspectives meet up we've arrived well I I really like that the you know, the notion of electricity, I mean, we all have experience with electricity, and maybe we can think of like a car battery. When the, when the batteries charge, we have complete confidence we're going to jump in the car and drive down the road. And when the battery's dead, well, we don't expect anything to happen because we understand the electricity has been depleted. But the point I'm getting at here is, so there's this, this quantum field and it's got some very peculiar characteristics that are that are nonlinear and and our brains are so flipping linear and we we have, we understand things through symbols and associations which is 
linear as hell. In order for us, you know, like uh, like gravity. If I'm a scientist and I'm trying to figure out gravity, I'm writing all these equations on the chalkboard. But if uh, if I'm a, a ballet dancer and I'm trying to master gravity, I don't give a rat's ass what the formula is on the chalkboard. It's my relationship with it that determines my success or failure as a ballet dancer. And then flip that into the quantum side of things. When we talk about the the nonlinear aspects, the um, unexpected aspects of the quantum field, it, we're showing our minds, it seems like, we're showing our minds a new way of expectation, a new way of expectation of uh, interaction or reaction that we're having with the environment. So our linear brains can uh, have a much more impactful interaction with this nonlinear etherical aspect of reality. So when we're when we're going to reprogram our understanding of this thing called um, reality, what are some of the key aspects of the quantum that, that you would say would be excellent starting points for us to contemplate? Well, I think we've got a couple of great examples that we've seen where a group of people coming together can actually bring change. And we look at the experiments that they talk about with the Maharishi effect that was done over there in the US some years back and 10,000 people meditating in some of the big cities over there. I think from memory, Philadelphia was one of them. They lowered the crime rate while they did this meditation process. And if you look at the, um, you know, the Schumann resonance and the random number generator machines that they have around the, the earth, when there's a, an outpouring of humanity's consciousness, uh, with the death of Princess Diana and things like that, these machines go off all around the world because, as Rupert Sheldrake tells us, the, um, the, the doctor in the UK who does a lot of this uh, biological research, you know, he talks about morphic fields and that a species itself has one morphic field. But there's one great example that has been very um, relevant to me. You know, I live in the, in the Australian bush and we had the big fires here last year and um, I arrived at a new place to live in the middle of those fires and I was you know I was surrounded by fires fortunately um, you know we were safe and and so many of our people weren't but all around the world there was this incredible outpouring of you know prayers and thoughts for Australia and you know let's get together and meditate and help with the fires and you know our fires were like, I think at the last count, they were 10 times the size of the California fires of a few years back and, you know, um, many, many times the size of the Amazon fires late last, that were late last year as well. But we had this incredible outpouring and we'd had a drought and then we had the fires and then the rains came, Les, and we were in flood. And we had... <laughs> We almost had to send a uh, word out around the world, you know, thank you for the rain, but um, can you please turn the tap off now? <laughs> right. so, so 
there was no there was no reason for those floods to have broken in in that way for that drought to have been broken but as soon as everybody started to send these good wishes then the physical environment responded and you know I think that's a great example of how a united consciousness can bring change on this planet if we can affect the weather we can surely affect ourselves well you bring up a good point because so you use the example of uh, large meditation groups in the United States and how it relates to crime. So say, for example, um, we're in you know, a, a, a crime-laden aspect of the United States and a thousand people get together and they meditate. And uh, what I'm getting at is the, the metrics or the data of the consequence of that. So before the experiment, I mean, what I'm getting at is so often um, the the rational mind, the Western mind, the analytical mind, the academic mind looks at prayer circles, looks at um, meditation circles as these, oh, woo-woo, you know, you guys think you're doing some good, but, you know, get real. Like um, in the States, uh, um sending prayers and blessings for like school shootings or something like that they're actually made yeah. fun of like oh yeah prayers are going to fix this no we need gun control or whatever but yeah. with the metrics with the metrics the feedback of saying well, wait a minute we did these meditations and, and we have this correlationship between the crime rate there is a direct relationship it's almost like the collective consciousness is a, a giant blob of consciousness, and if I wiggle my corner of it, it affects your corner of it. Uh, like you were saying, with um, the humanity of the world praying for Australia during the fires and the struggles, that the effect certainly um, um, took had an effect. And so when we yeah. when we understand that. There is value when we contribute our consciousness to prayer circles. There is value when we do these seemingly etherical things, but we didn't know the consequence until we had the metrics. Mm, exactly. You know, this whole um, quantum consciousness piece as well, if I, if I look at that, and somebody once said to me, you know, why is this work called quantum consciousness? And you know, we are all part of this quantum field. You know, we're entangled together. We know that it's non-local. Any scientist will tell you that. We know that it's holographic as well. The large and the small are the same. We know that we can affect it because the observer effect tells us that. But when we add consciousness to all of those principles, we end up with an incredible lifeblood amorphic field of humanity. Uh, Greg Braden calls it the divine matrix. That is the environment in which we exist. We exist in this incredible divine matrix and consciousness is the lifeblood that brings it to life because we are the lifeblood of that divine matrix. We are the consciousness. Now, if we express that consciousness in a way that embraces quantum principles, we can move beyond this physical realm, this human intellect, and we can explore dimensions of ourselves that we never even knew existed. 
even a string theorist will tell you, you know, and they call them theorists rather than physicists sometimes. Somebody who looks at string theory, um, they'll tell you that in order even for the maths to work, and there's your there's your chalk on the chalkboard right there, Liz. In order for that to happen, you've got to have something in the vicinity of 12 or even 13 dimensions, depending on which one of the string theories you follow. So all of this stuff starts to make sense and comes together in a way that says our ideas of the universe are just plain wrong. Our education systems are not right. We're still teaching basically Newtonian physics in high schools instead of having these kids explore the quantum field and to understand the true potential of who they are as conscious beings. That's the sort of thing that we should be teaching in our education systems. We should be showing people that they are magnificent beyond their wildest dreams rather than their cogs that are getting ready to fit into the big machine. Right. Well, there. I mean, humanity is the thing itself. I mean, I. I think you need flesh and bones. You need, you need one of these yeah. bodies. To to be able to have sway in the human condition, because I did really rudimentary math, and there has to have been at least a billion prayers over the centuries of time from humanity saying, can we stop war? Can we stop killing ourselves? Can we stop the brutality? And the big gods, the big guns up in the in the etherical heavens never descended and stopped the wars, never descended and turned the whole paradigm over. It, it's through the flesh and bones, it's through the human persona that the human condition is changed. So I guess what we're really talking about here is if I don't if I don't believe in prayer circles, if I don't believe that me holding consciousness about some other place in the on the planet or even in the galactic, if I don't believe it then I then I've depleted my effect. And it seems like the more we understand the mechanics, the quantum mechanics, we're giving ourselves permission, not permission perhaps, but a, a way to understand that indeed we do have an effect because the more we believe it and the more confidence, uh, a sense of knowingness perhaps, that as I cast my consciousness with intent, the effect happens every time. Absolutely. And you know, Les, I feel that we need our own experience of our greater selves before we start to believe. We've been taught that seeing is believing. But, you know, there's a there's a flip on that that comes more from the quantum field and the observer effect that if you actually believe something, then you actually create it so you do see it. So it's sort of backwards. Right. But what we've done in the quantum consciousness journeys is that we have toured people into something, if you like, the equivalent of an out-of-body experience rather than take people down into a trancey sort of state. We sort of free their consciousness from their body using their their human self as a portal to so much more. And once they go out there and they experience uh, their consciousness set free into the the consciousness field, then they start to have an experience that breaks down the old systems and the old beliefs that have come from our education systems, from our societal and even family-type conditioning. Um, And then we start to explore ourselves because we finally um, don't have to believe what we've been told. And the greatest uh, teacher of us can be the experiences that we have when we're ready to be open to them. Right. 
Well, the I, so when you talk about the um, out of body, or I mean, if if you think about like the uh, Mike, Michael Newton model uh, and others, uh, yeah. okay, I'm a soul. I'm going to incarnate. Let me look at the dynamics. I could incarnate in Germany with rich parents and learn music there, or I could incarnate in New York and have you know professors as parents that teach music and the soul picks this dynamic the soul picks this this thread of potential and then chooses the family to incarnate in chooses the karmic uh, cocktail that that drives the uh, values and and expectations of the family dynamic so, um, what I'm getting at is when when you go out of body, you're literally stepping out of this this uh, lifetime now per se, and you're going into a, a much more vast um, aspect of yourself. Um, several chapters of your book talk about uh, some of these um, alternate consciousness. Um, what are some of the um, insights or understandings that changes you as a human being as you go through these hysterical experiences and then come back into the, this lifetime, this persona? Well, one of the, the beautiful things that we do in this work is once we enter the quantum field, you know, we're not bound by time and space as we are in this physical realm. And the first thing that we do before we undertake one of these journeys is that we establish a higher vibration for the client to be in. Like, you know, we're not going looking for trauma. We're not going looking for the difficulties. We're seeking to understand the client's magnificence. Now, with that as the observer effect or creator effect, as we call it, when we set that as our point of embarkation, we have these stunning and open experiences that transcend the trauma of the human condition. Let me, let me speak plainly about that. As we move from the present consciousness, which I see as the, this doorway, this anchor point of us in body, and we move into what we call a stored consciousness, our definition of stored consciousness is what is it that we hold that's in our energy field that comes from our past experiences, our conditioning, whatever that may be. And if we set an intention to be set free from whatever holds us back, what aspects of me come forward in this first realm that we call stored consciousness? And we'll have a client interact with aspects of themselves, say it's a 50-year-old client, you know, a, a five-year-old may come forward to remind them of fun, of the version of them at five, another version of them that was 18 years old that had learned something important and wanted to share it, or even maybe even needed some support. And with the client who's 50, and all of these other versions of themselves, they interact across the quantum field with an intention to raise the vibration of both parties. And quite often, we'll see a future version of ourselves come forward that has wisdom to share or you know, wants us to know about something that's important for us. Now, it may respond to the theme that we've embarked upon or it may be something that transcends that and brings new insight and understanding. Anything is possible in this quantum field. And the role of the facilitator is simply to um, allow the client to find their own answers 
while holding space in a way that allows them to explore um, for that joint goal of their greater magnificence being uncovered. So that's that's like the first one, the stored consciousness. And then as we, we move further out, um, we're familiar with the quantum theory of alternate realities where we make a decision and we go in two directions. And there will be some large points in our timelines that we all have where we've gone in uh, in a certain direction. We always wondered what would have happened if we went in the other direction. Now, um, I believe that some of these forks in the road are predestined from the planning that we do at the soul level before we come here. But these other versions of ourselves are contactable because we are so closely quantumly entangled with them because we came from the same source of subatomic particles before we parted and went in the two directions at that decision point. Now, somebody once said to me, Pete, how did you know that you could contact people in other realities? And my response was, well, never occurred to me that you couldn't. Right. So yeah. there's the creator effect right there. So these other timelines in which we have versions of ourselves have incredible wisdom to offer. Or we may have something that serves them, but again, Liz, during that exchange, so much information is shared that benefits both uh, this version of me and other versions of me and if we intend to through the holographic healing we can send that energetically out to all of the different timelines and share it with all of them so these realms unfold one after another as we steer somebody further and further out into this uh, incredible universe that they're part of um, the next realm we visit is parallel consciousness and you know we call it parallel but it's really uh, the old version of past lives and when I first started to study past lives 20 years ago, it occurred to me that they weren't past at all. Because if you had somebody writhing in the, the chair in your clinic, um, describing what it's like to be um, butchered by Vikings, that uh, they're experiencing it in the here and now. That's not actually, you know, 1500 years ago like um, history would have us believe. So right. these versions of ourselves are, are parallel in their consciousness and even in my LBL work, which I've been doing for about 15 years, you know, I found that um, you know clients would talk about the lineage of their soul, and they would incarnate into a soul lineage that wasn't necessarily linear. They would say, "Well, you know, I've, my last life was in the 1800s. I'm going to go back and do something in the 1200s next," and they'd start right. to have this perception of, of non-linear time that was, you know both linear and non-linear at the same time. Um, so you just go with it. But for my mind, the the real, um, the beautiful one is the interdimensional consciousness. And that's when we ask our clients to move out into a realm where they experience what it's like to be in another form of life or in a different dimension. And they report back. And, you know, I presented in, over in the States there last year at UFO Megacon on a hundred cases of these um, experiences of interdimensional consciousness and sometimes we're just plain energy beings uh, sometimes we're part of a collective consciousness sometimes we actually experience being in a different type of life form a lot of them I've seen on uh, water worlds where there's some sort of an amphibious creature that's experiencing that now all of these of course are shown so that the the client can obtain something from the experience and I remember a, you know sometimes it's helpful to tell a quick story so I remember a lady mm -hmm. who was extremely stressed 
and it was it was debilitating her stress. And when she did one of these sessions, she went out into the interdimensional consciousness and she was shown the life of a, a jellyfish in a purple ocean on another planet and she just sat in the presence of being that jellyfish and all of her stresses and all of the troubles that she'd had here in the in the now as, as a human on earth just disappeared for a while so i just left her there for like 10 or 15 minutes just to absorb that experience <laughs> so she could right. come back a little different and she went home yeah. and she's a she's an artist as well and she drew this incredible painting of being a jellyfish floating in an ocean and uh, and she actually presented it to me as a gift which was something that i've i've cherished ever since and it's on the wall here in the house but it's uh you know that was her vote of thanks to say thank you for showing me who else i am but once we get past that that final realm past that interdimensional consciousness we get to a place where we're completely out of body and we can blend with the all there is and just to hold the space for a client who is out there as part of everything you know and they just experience that as being part of the quantum field rather than being in the quantum field and just you know the look we see on their face just says it all there's at that point of these journeys Right. Well, you know, um, one thing that really struck me is um, we had Daryl Anka on the show, and he channels Bashar, which is a, a being about 300 years in the future. Mm. And there, there was a particular episode. <clears throat> so here on Earth, it was a 20-minute conversation, linear time, beginning, middle, end, 20 minutes, and on the Bashar side of it, he answered questions from um, many different points in his timeline. So, for example, um, to explain, like, the first question, he, uh, Bashar might have been 35, and he answers the question, and then he more or less leaves the conversation as a 35-year-old. We're still in linear time here on Earth. And now we're going to the, the, the next questions in the interview, and here comes Bashar from 100 years later in his life. But to us, it's the same 20-minute conversation, and the older Bashar answers questions for a while, and then he departs, if you will. And then yet another personification of Bashar farther down his his aging timeline in the linear sense all participated mm -hmm. in what the human being on earth would say was 20 linear minutes of a conversation with a persona <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. I love that and and that's kind of what we're talking about here like so so if we talk about how do we put a fulcrum on this this quantum stuff, I mean, what the hell? It's just mental masturbation unless we can get some effect from it. Um, exactly. It's pretty obvious that if we if we go outside and there's somebody shit-faced drunk every single moment we ever see him, that not much is going to happen because there's a fundamental problem with his consciousness. He's plowed all the time. Now, now in our situation, it becomes obvious that, well, he's, you know, there's not going to be much change here. He's, he's 
um, if we think of it spectrally, he's pegged on one side of the spectrum. He's wiped out all the time. And yeah. this persona, this could could get over his drinking problem, get healthy, get educated, and flip over to the other side of the spectrum and be a a, a great and powerful contributor to society. And so what my yeah. point is, this pandemic crap that's going on, humanity's going through upheaval, and the, the sense of normal is being turned on its head. Wow, bingo, perfect. What a wonderful time for a big-ass change in our human demeanor. Like, for me, it's pretty obvious part of our... Uh, uh, the way we screw ourselves, just like seeing the alcoholic, it's clear why he's not going to go anywhere until something changes. The notion of money. We take a single symbol, money, a single symbol, we hook everything we have on it, our education, our vacation, our homes, where we live, what kind of food we eat, wh whether we can travel or not, and then we gamble about the value of money. Now, that's an alcoholic dysfunction if I ever saw one. So when you, when you go multidimensional and you travel to other times and spaces, there's cultures that don't have money. And yeah. so what if we got rid of this karmic train wreck that every few decades crashes and our economy falls apart and we take a decade to put ourselves back together, what if we did away with that symbolic crap and we went to an etherical? What, what, what The point I'm getting at is human beings are going to have to, if we choose to, draw in this etherical wisdom, uh, draw in this future self-understanding, this, this higher consciousness information and bring it into our physical form here on planet Earth. Great. Does that make sense? You know, oh, it makes perfect sense. And Les, in the in the book, I actually talk about the three restrictive mindsets of humanity. The first one is that I must create financial wealth to survive, and the more I have, the happier I'll be. And right. you know, these are the ones that are completely wrong. The second one is the medical system maintains my well-being. And, you know, we know about Big Pharma and things like that. And the third mindset is that the authorities have my best interests at heart. So I think all those things are a little bit up for grabs at the moment. But, you know, you, you can't say what's wrong without saying what's right. And, you know, so I propose three new mindsets for us to run the planet with. And the first of those is that we are all connected and that which affects one affects all. And the second one, our reason for being is to raise our own and others' vibrations. And the third one is we are the custodians of the earth and her well-being is our legacy to future generations. Now, if we were to select the leaders of our world on the basis of those three principles, those new ones, then I think we would start to have change on this planet because the current paradigm is wrong and we all know where it's taking us. In fact, you know, we're heading there a little bit more each day, so it's time to stop and to understand what's really going on, to step out of the old and to step into the new and use our creator effect to bring a new world together that, you know, is open, is sharing. Um, you know, I even talk in the book about a consciousness economy. You know, everything that should be underpinned to 
you know, helping the consciousness of the people and, you know, other people and ourselves and putting something back in rather than taking something out. I mean, these simple flip arounds will bring us a new earth. A, a new humanity to boot. I, yeah. it, they're kind of yeah. uh, connected at the hip. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're, you know, Guy is the being. She's the sentient being, and we're the cells of her body. So we're not the only cells. There's plenty of animals, and there's trees, and there's all of that. And if we're in harmony with nature, and if we embrace nature more fully, then she's in a better condition because. You know, when you've got harmony between the cells of your body, you're in much better shape physically. Yeah. Well, peace, if you think of, uh, we talked about the harmony of nature, if we use the term peace or at rest, there's, there's gigantic cracks of time and space on this planet where nature is completely and totally at peace with itself, in harmony with itself. You're in the... In Colorado, we can go up in the mountains, and uh, um, it's uh, even the mountain peaks have uh, have their own um, persona, if you will. And it seems like the, the ego, or perhaps human consciousness, is what broke off of nature. Nature's not broken; nature knows how to do it. So we broke off and, and became erratic. Um, non-harmonious um, personas and it peace by its very nature won't force itself peace won't force mm. itself it has to be chosen and well it, at the root of our consciousness at that, at that portal of source there is no angst, there is no worry because the continuity of life is understood Nothing can break the continuity of who we are. Exactly. Well, boy, howdy. Uh, <laughs> I love this conversation. Uh, do you have any uh, um, tangents or impulses that are striking you in this moment? Well, you know, I just want to tell everybody at every opportunity, Les, that how we see ourselves. Um, everything that we've been told about ourselves is wrong. We are incredible beings of consciousness and what you see in the uh, in the bathroom mirror every morning is a simple representation of a doorway to so much more. Uh, we exist outside of time and space. Uh, we are naturally out of body. We do it at the end of each lifetime. Many of us do it at the night when we astral travel. You know, we uh, we hang around in these physical forms just to get a few things done, but it's not who we really are. And once we, uh, we're on the outside and we're looking back in at the human condition, we have a lot more sympathy for it and what it's going through. Uh, so I say to everybody out there, you know, um, give yourself a break. Just know that you are so much more than what you are and that it's waiting to be discovered. And there's lots of different ways to do that. We've talked a little bit about some of that today. But, you know, the more that we can do to set ourselves free from the mindsets that we've been offered through the conditioning of our society, you know, set the mind free and the body follows, we're going to be okay because we exist outside of time and space. And this is just one small piece of what we're experiencing right now. But let's use it as an opportunity to make the world a better place. Right. 
Well, um, we've got about um, 10 minutes left. I want to make sure people know how to get your book and whatnot. But before that, um, what are some, uh, like, bullet points? Like, if I were witnessing humanity 100 years ago when the quantum notion was uh, perhaps not even on the table 200 years, however far back I need to go, there was no understanding of the quantum at all. And maybe fast forward 50, 100 years in the future and society has learned, or at least some aspect of society has learned the quantum effect, if you will, the quantum consciousness um, potential. What's, what are some of the attributes? How would you describe the observation of that future sense uh, what would be noticeably different in the behavior of the human personas? Well, I think that um, they do a few things. And I think you know, in order to move into that new state, they probably decided to explore beyond the traditional boundaries, you know, to be interested in um, in learning more. I think that we we learn within these little paradigms that we've been given, Les. So the first thing that um, that they would have done, I think, is they would have explored. I think they would have been courageous. You know, there's there's something underneath us that yearns to know more, that yearns to be courageous, that wants to, you know, not be satisfied with what we see. I think a lot of the times we're dumbed down, and I think in the type of society that you're putting forward, I think that those people would have been create, uh, courageous and they would have stepped out and done things. You know, it's about understanding the connection between ourselves and others as well, understanding that we are all interconnected. And I think interconnectivity is one of the great paradigms that needs to shift because, you know, separation uh, is something that is advocated by the current state of humanity, that it's us and them, or it's third world, first world, it's black versus white, male versus female, gay versus straight. We are so polarized and separated, but we're all part of humanity. We're all the same. And, you know, once we understand that everybody else is the same as us, I think there's a connection and a power that humanity is going to discover that wasn't there before. But similar to the Maharishi effect, I would say that it would be the best way to just hold an intention for a better world. And if we all say, we're going to get through this and we're going to be better off for it and we're going to create new experiences, new ways of looking at things, if we hold this overall intention for a better world, we're actually going to create it because quantum physics tells us about the observer effect. Call it the creator effect. That's all we need to do. And I think in, in some ways, and this is the big one for me, the energy field is sacred, Les. You know, we are these energetic beings. And I was having a chuckle when you talked to, about the story uh, in your introduction about the two guys sitting there and trying to, you know, encapsulate a conversation about electricity when they're actually two energetic beings standing there right there. But, right. you know, I believe our energy field is sacred and that we have a say what comes in and out of our energy field. And we don't have to accept anything into our energy field that we don't want. You know, we, we don't want doctrine, we don't want propaganda, we don't want fake news that has an agenda. If we just say no to that stuff and we turn off televisions and we, we don't look at all those pieces, if we understand that our energy field is sacred and we nurture it in that way, then a lot of what's happening doesn't affect us nearly so much. One of the great things that, that um, helps me 
is nature. I mean, when I go out and I tune into nature and I, I sit with her or, you know, I put my back against a tree or I look at a sunset or a mountain or, you know, bushland. I mean, that's the sort of stuff. There's a resonance that we find there that is more our natural state of being. And if we can do a few of those simple things, um, we'll make it into that new society that you're describing. But there's some big shifts in mindsets that we have to have now. It's not about trying to rescue what's happening in this world at this time. It's about understanding what we've done was never going to be sustainable and be smart and start to build new systems and new approaches, even then it starts with new beliefs. So beautiful. Hey, well, you're on the other side of the world right now. You're in Australia and I'm in the States. We've got the whole of human consciousness between us. We could, with yeah. our intentions, send it a great big hug and, and a sense of confidence and happiness towards the future because we know the, the uh, quantum effect says it lands every time. So here's a high five to you virtually. <laughs> 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 and and we're outside time and space because for me it's lunchtime Thursday where it's Wednesday evening for you. Yeah, right. Well, let's let's focus on you and your platform. Now, you've got two websites we've talked about, quantumconsciousness.com.au and instituteforquantumconsciousness.com. Can you give us some insight um what those represent? Yeah, well, the quantumconsciousness.com.au is my personal site uh, where I do one-on-one -on -one work and, and I work with people all around the world because technology allows me to do that now. So we do these sessions and we do these journeys and, you know, I do um, other things as well, the, the Life Between Lives work and, you know, if people do want past life, we do that. So there's some of that that I do online. The Institute for or institute for quantum consciousness.com that's where we put forward a lot of our training and our research and we you know we have a whole generation of quantum consciousness facilitators who are coming through now and who are learning this work um, how to be an explorer of consciousness through the clients that you might have so we're teaching the work that we do as well so uh, at the moment we're having a breather from courses uh, like everybody but, you know, this is uh, it's more of an education and research platform where we're putting this work out there so that people can explore it. There's um, lots of different uh, YouTubes and things that I've done over the years as well if people, want, people would like to know more. Well, very nice. So, so as a listener, if I, uh, I'm thinking about working with you, um, past life regression. Um, I mean, tell us some of the modalities or the uh, resources that you would offer to our audience. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, we do these journeys out of the body with the quantum consciousness experience. There's a number of subsets within that as well. I've found increasingly that a lot of people don't feel at home here, Les, and they carry a soul lineage that is more off-world. Uh, sometimes we take people home to an environment that they're more familiar with and help them understand what that is. You know, I work with people with anxiety and depression all the time as well. I uh, find that we can release a lot of that energetically and metaphysically. Uh, we can understand the distress that people hold. I've had a lot of success with anxiety and depression over the years. And of course, the Life Between Lives work, you know, we're at the Newton Institute now. We're starting to look at that and, and offering it, uh, more of those sessions online now, given the state of the world, because people need to touch their soul. 
when it's times like this. So we do that under the Newton methodology as well. Uh, so we offer those services. But you know, it, it's really a matter of um, what I do with clients a lot is I actually customize. I listen to what they need, where they're at. We have a conversation and I'll often pull a session together that uh, meets what they seek. Uh, just to take them out into their field, I mean the answers are all there waiting for them. So it, it may be a modality or it might be a blend of them depending on what the person may need. Well, very nice. Um, and then your book, uh, do you have more than one book or is uh, Quantum Consciousness your first? Yeah, Quantum Consciousness is my second book. There was another book some years okay. back uh, called Hyp Hypnoenergetics which is out there on Amazon as well. Um, and that was, you know, I've had a couple of different hypnotherapy schools over the years before I founded the Institute for Quantum Consciousness. So that's out there. That's a little book that's out there and talks about some of the transcendent approaches to hypnotherapy as a modality. Um, I did leave a little bit of that stuff behind when I moved into the quantum field and surrendered some of the older work. But um, that's being revamped now with some trusted colleagues of mine because it's still, you know, beautiful transcendent hypnotherapy. So, yeah, but Quantum Consciousness has been the, um, the, the main book over the last few years that has been driving the new mindsets. In fact, I had somebody in a beautiful, uh, a client actually spoke through uh, uh, with some greater guidance the other day and told me, oh, it's time for me to write another book. So um, I was ready to take dictation and then he stopped. So uh, I'll have to do a bit of research into that one and start that moving before long too. Well, nice. Well, we're about out of time. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? Well, you know, Les, it's, um, you know, I really appreciate the work that you're doing and some of the conversations you've had with people over the years. I mean, this, when I talk about stepping outside the education systems and the things that have held us back, and you mentioned that as well before, this is the information that people really need in these times. They need to understand their magnificence, you know, not that um, the share market's dropping. This is the stuff that's going to set humanity free. So thank you for what you're doing and the information that you're bringing to people because it's never been more important than what it is now. Well, beautiful. Um, Peter, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to you. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's been such a spot-on conversation. Thanks. My pleasure, Liz. Great to be here. We've been talking with Peter Smith, and the topic tonight has been quantum consciousness. Wow, what a delightful episode. I, I really like the the notion of peace gatherings were, I mean, how many cultures um, have that already ingrained in their, in their ritual and habit, yet a lot of times the Western mind will just discount it because we can't see the effect immediately. So, so when you see an opportunity to participate in a peace meditation or whatnot, know know that your contribution, because you chose to through intention, you chose to show up, you make a difference. You are the vehicle of change. I am the vehicle of change. Humanity is going to change through the human persona. So don't discount yourself for a second. You're here, you're here by intent, by choice. Your soul chose to come into this karmic tsunami so it can leverage effect. 
in in very powerful and very meaningful ways. It's always a pleasure. Um, um, I, I just love bringing episodes that stretch our understanding, that stretch our perspective of what this human dynamic, this human persona we all have, what it can really do and, and how we can leverage it to bring about the kind of future that honors us as a human persona. I want to thank you for being our, our uh, listeners tonight. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.